Welcome to Tilth Talk Radio. Today we're going to talk about noxious weeds and when to watch for them. In our spotlight, we'll be looking at a combine with no steering wheel. Our Ag History Minute, we'll look at M. Hoke Smith, a U.S. Senator from Georgia. We've got Cool Beans, and that's corny with some current events. And in You Applied What, we'll talk about some herbicides and see if the guys can guess which ones don't belong. So with me today are Bill Schomburg. Hey, guys. Max Garvey. What's up, everybody? Todd Schomburg. Hello to all the Tilthies out there. And I'm Matt Brueger, all with Tilth Agronomy. So leap day's over. We had our extended February. It was <laughs> and great. Any, anyone have any fun leap day stories? Leap I, got, over I got one. Yeah? I got one. We uh, were in Madison for the weekend. Not wrestling, which we'll get to, Max, but we were in Madison and... We Wait. wanted to go to the Nitty Gritty. Wait, you were in Madison last weekend and you didn't tell me? I was in Middleton, technically. Oh it's the same. God. So, but anyway, I was watching dance. You were watching wrestling. Aggre- anyway, aggressive dance. Aggressive <laughs> dance. The kids wanted to go to Nitty Gritty, which is the birthday bar, right? Yep. Yep. On Leap Day. But you went to Nitty Gritty in Middleton, I'm assuming, we did. not Madison. Yes, okay. correct. Which, same Nitty Gritty, great place. No. Yes, it is. No free ads. When you're 21, it's awesome. Yep. Anyway, the table next to us was a family, a mother, a father, mother, two daughters, and uh, it was one of the daughter's birthday, and she got a birthday card, and it said three on it. She was 12. It was pretty funny. <laughs> oh, sure. She was, it was actual, her it was actual a, birthday. Right. Yep. It was her birthday, the 29th of February. She got a birthday card. Happy third birthday. I thought nice. that That's was, great. She'll be really young when she dies, unfortunately. Yes. Right. <laughs> kind of lame. Sometimes story, they but. just go. Sometimes you just go too soon. <laughs> uh, I was state wrestling. Yeah, Max. Max, you were in Madison too. It's good. Um, it's probably like it's like a second Christmas for me, state wrestling. So I look forward to it all year. It's great. Well, it's first Christmas. That's it's first Christmas. Yeah, it is really first Christmas. I, I mean, it's a weekend away, um, and you get I get to watch my favorite sport, uh, see people that I don't see very often. Um and pr- just have a good time for a couple days. No responsibilities and how, how many wrestling mats do they have on the Cole Center it's floor? Six. Um, six until the finals, and then the finals, it's three. One mat for each division. Really cool. So and you don't have to be good to go. You don't have to be. Your wrestlers have to be good to go. Like Christmas, you have to be good just for Santa to come. Yeah, but <laughs> for state wrestling, okay. you know, you don't have to be good. You Fair can, enough. You know. Fair enough. You can just go. Yeah. You have to be good it's when true. you're there. How many people? Yeah. How many people are in the stands? Like a is lot. It full? Like full? No. Um, for finals, it's it's yeah, pretty full. Cool. Um, the upper bowl is empty. Like the very top level, the 300 yeah. level, is em- is not empty, but not full for most of it. Semifinals, it's probably half full, and then finals, it's to watch wrestling from the upper. You, it's hard to see much, right? But I and I think a lot of what it is on on Saturday night for the finals is, um. When little Johnny's is in the finals, mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, other grandma, grandpa, aunts, uncles, cousins, you know, you're you're probably only in the state final. Most kids, oh yeah, well, only in the state finals once. So you might as well get the family there, check it out, and and be part of the experience. So I think that's why Saturday night gets really full. I think a lot of people wait until Saturday yeah. or Friday night. You qualify. You would win. Friday night is semifinals. So at Friday night at nine o'clock, a lot of people figure out that they're going to be there on Saturday. So, all right. 
Well, let's get into our topic for today. We're going to talk about noxious weeds and when to watch for them. So got three, the big three probably, of problem weeds that we see out in the field. So we'll start with water hemp. And one of the reasons it's such a pain to deal with is it can germinate April through August. So you might get it early season. You might get it late season. You just never know when it's going to show up. And it grows quickly. One to one and a quarter inches per day. So that's seven to almost nine inches in a week. Yikes. I would like to do our uh, actual trial on this this summer and, you know, mark it with flags every day. See how high it gets. Because, I mean, I'm watched it in a field from week to week watching the same one. And you're like, holy crap, that grows really fast. It's got to be like, I'd like to see it. Like, I, there's, if it a, there's a video on YouTube that I think it's Palmer, not water hemp but they show it like on a time lapse just group growing ridiculously fast it, if it's growing in say it's an inch a day you should be able to almost see that like growth taking place oh yeah what, what's crazy with it is it's not just growing up in height either is that it bushes out as well so I mean, once it you, gets once it gets to like yeah, 24 you, inches it goes like straight, straight for twenty four inches, and then from twenty four inches on, you know, it's growing sideways. It's like and a the, bush, yep. the amount of growing points is just unreal, as well. So I mean, for that, to that it's obviously growing from all those points, but it just can grow so quickly and has so many growing points that just is just frustrating to to deal with. Well, and that's what makes it so hard for scouting too. Is so at that growth rate, most effective herbicides. You know, you're talking four inches or less. Well, when you're looking at it, and you do, if you don't see it this week, it could be already six inches by the time you come back. Um, so it, it takes a lot of pretty intensive scouting and uh, you can pretty scout good on, timing. You can scout up field on Friday, and by Monday morning, that that weed is like there and on the verge of being too big. Yeah. And that's why you don't want to skip a week, right? Got to make sure we're we're always scouting, especially in that. That season, that's a big season too, Matt. That April through August, you know, normally we're used to June, July. Right. Once know, it gets our, warm, you're you're really going to see it. But yeah, well, it shows why crop canopy is so important in July and August that yeah. you want to shade that out and just do the other things to kind of push it back. Yeah, because if you don't, uh, most plants produce a quarter million seeds. Uh, some as many as a million. Is so, that all? Yeah, you know, just a few. So you're really adding to the weed bank if you let them go. Uh, that's really just not even an option at this point. The crazy thing to me, or one of the crazy things, I guess, about this is you pull them and you pull them and you pull them and you pull them all summer, and you miss a couple, and all of a sudden you get to July 15th and you're out there and there is one that is five feet tall and the main stem is as big around as your forearm and you're chopping it down with a machete because it's not coming out yeah. pull. And you can't, you're not strong enough to break it up. You have to cut it down. It's like a tree. Well, and when you're pulling them too, I mean, they'll they'll latch right back into the ground when you pull them out. So you can't just drop them in between I, the rows. I did a lot much. of that where I pulled them and dropped them. And they, some of them went away, but enough of them latch, which blows me away because the size of that root system yeah. is not very big. It's not. I mean, it's not. No. You look at the size of that plant versus the root that it throws, and that's even more amazing that it can grow that fast and that, you know, big from, I mean, that's where what the factory that's pulling the water and nutrients up for it isn't very big. 
I've gone to actually setting them in the top of the soybean canopy. Not sure if it works or not, but also they're not even touching the not ground. Not even touching the ground. Yeah. Right. I've tried there. that. Maybe over the time that it works its way down, but I'm hoping by the time it's done, it's dry. You know, the the weed I'd, itself has dried itself out enough that it's done. I try and just make sure I bang the soil off that's stuck. Yeah, and get them as you know as bare as possible, and then try and lay them like you say. Up where they can get some sun and you hopefully dry out. I do the snap the neck method, so <laughs> crack the crack the stem because it's a nice, cool stem when you crack it. So, so right just, at the at the just base create of the new growing points. Yeah, <laughs> you probably do. And then yeah, set the root on the soybean canopy, chuck yep. the rest. But you're right, maybe it does. knowing this super weed, it would yeah. just grow from somewhere else. Well, that's the problem. Even in alfalfa, you cut it and it just kind of it's like a hydra. You cut it off and two heads come yeah, back. Yeah, definitely. I did one day um, walking. I had like a tree pruner with me, like the scissors, and I would pull them out and then cut just below, like where the surface, where like you know that that top quarter inch um, of root mass. And I think that was probably the most effective, but it's not super. Uh, that's that was the most effective for making sure they didn't come pop back. back up. Not super effective uh, as far as time management or efficiency. Took you extra long to walk those fields that the, day. The pull and snip. Yeah. Well, I, I was sure there was no water hemp in there. I was sure there was no water hemp in there. I was sure there was no water hemp in there. And then took, there was. I took my vacation. Don't I vacation. Missed, I took. I took two days off. I took a long weekend, a Friday and a Monday, and gotcha. water hemp. No water hemp. Oh, they were there. there. They start coming. Water hemp takes no vacation. To to put the seeds in perspective. Guess how much lambs quarter produces? Hundred thousand. Ten thousand. Uh, Seventy-two thousand five hundred. Okay, so right. that's average. Thirty thousand. So hundred thousand was a good guess. Thirty thousand to one seventy-six range. So okay. I mean the the what we'd call not a great weed either in lambs quarter. These are just that much farther past well, it and how bad they are. Lambs quarter is prolific producer, but pretty easy to kill, right? It's not resistant to around. Yeah, this right. Point. And I wouldn't call it a prolif. Not compared to water hemp. Or no, not no, ones. not compared That's to water hemp. But it's com- as far as like, it's a sizable weed. It can yeah. get yeah. pretty big. Yeah. yeah, and as far as weeds that we see in large numbers, I, yeah, lamb's, lamb's quarter is up there. So, is there any any glimmer of hope that any of this water hemp we run into will die with glyphosate? Probably not. Right? No. Yeah, you're pretty much be- better off just assuming it's glyphosate resistant. The thing is, if you take that gamble, say you spray it at when it's two inches tall with glyphosate, <laughs> and you take the gamble and you find out you're wrong, you by the time you're back week. in, it's yeah. now 12 inches tall, and you're for sure going to lose now. Yep, now you're pulling it. Now you're looking at yeah mechanical separation <laughs> or taking your your hit in the in the seed bank, which nobody wants to do. So, Yeah, I, I would say at this point it's basically it's resistant. Just assume. So, yeah. yeah. It's better. You have much better chances of survival. So now we've got, next we've got a uh, close cousin of water hemp, and that's Palmer amaranth. So they're both pigweed species. Um, so it can be hard to tell apart. And it's got pretty much the same germination window as water hemp. Um, it's not quite as prevalent in Wisconsin as the other, um, as water hemp is. Not yet. Not yet, anyway. Knock on wood. But, uh, it grows. How do we need like a knock on woods? Like M- Matt knocked it. I, I knocked it wood. I heard <laughs> you it. You need like know. a sounder though, like sound effect. <laughs> right. We'll get a wood block and we'll there just you go. Yeah, cowbell. Clank <laughs> it together. More cowbell. Uh, it grows even faster than water hemp. 
two to three inches per day. So if you thought the one inch a day was bad, two to three inches a day That's is even worse. Cra- That's crazy, Matt. Max, that I think you little legitimately you, can see cell. Oh, you would have to. You can see cell, you know, going through, there, uh, what yeah. is it, Met- uh, um, myto- mitosis? Mitosis. Mitosich, my- my- yeah. Yeah, itch. I kept thinking metaphase, but that's a stage of mitosis. Yeah, so that one, like I said, there's a video if you search. Uh, probably just Palmer amaranth growing. I just remember somebody showing it to me, and they had like a yardstick. And I just watched that thing in time lapse just go straight up. Crazy. Wild. Um, and that one produces... About the same amount of seed, its its range is a hundred to five hundred thousand, uh, hundred thousand, sorry, to five hundred thousand seeds per plant. Um, but what's different about Palmer is it's actually the top. Most of the seeds come in that top little, um, like grows one big seed pod at the top that gets to be like a foot long. It almost looks like a like a curly dock head kind of. Kinda, yeah, yep. Or if you think about like a Milo head, I guess it'd yeah. be yeah. in that kind of. Cross those two together and they're pretty close. Yeah, so they it kind of bulks up toward the top of the plant and and yeah, that one southern Wisconsin we've, we've got a few counties with issues, but yeah, not, like I said, knock on wood, it's not as big of an issue yet. Um, both are very similar. Like I said, they're the same family. They're pigweed species. Um, so the biggest difference between them and regular pigweed is that they don't have hair on the stem, and so that's kind of an easy way to identify. Whether you have one of these two is they're hairless. Your smooth pigweed and red pig, red root pigweed, all that stuff has hairs. This does not. Do you want to give the easy way to tell the difference between Palmer and water hemp? Yeah. What is it, Max? Go ahead and tell us. Oh, geez. Okay. So Palmer amaranth, um, the uh, the leaf is going to be shorter than the petiole. So the petiole, if you fold them over, the petiole will reach all the way across the leaf and then past it. Which the petiole is basically the what s- attaches the leaf yeah. to, the, to the stalk. To yeah. the stalk. So yeah, just fold it over and and if it's a real long, narrow leaf part, it's probably water hemp. And if it's got a longer petiole, it's probably palmer. And this is not like a oh, it's close to the end of the leaf. It, it's water. It's palmer. No, it's it's hmm. significantly longer than the leaf on palmer. It's. You know, it's got to be one of the mature leaves, though. Too, that's the important yeah, thing. Yeah, that's you true. Check it, it's got to be one of the the upper leaves where it's it's already grown. And um, like I mentioned, too, the location of the seed pods, water hemp's kind of all over the place, and Palmer will have that extra long um, seed pod at the top. Hopefully, we want to find out before before we you can get see there. seed yep. pods. Yeah. That'd be the that would be the best case I scenario. I don't suggest waiting to find right. out. Yeah, that's a, hey, you guys, are you guys gonna kill that? No, no, we gotta we wait for the seed pod so we know what it is. Gotta see what it is. Yeah. <laughs> I always find that frustrating in seed guides or, or not seed guides. Um, weed, oh, weed, weed ID, weed ID books. You know, you look and they have a they have like the seeds and like a real tall plant with a seed head, and you're like, well, I'm not waiting for that to make sure it's that. I want to know when it is when it's... Yeah, the seedling guides. Show me it's when it's six inches tall, right, not, not when it's huge, headed yeah. out. Well, part of the problem is the similarity of some of them. Like, when they crack the surface, a lot of them look yeah. almost... It's really hard to tell the difference. Yep. And so there, I found uh, this card through extension that they were handing out. So if you go to ipcm.wisc w-i-s-c dot edu uh, backslash downloads they have a pigweed card that shows how to identify has some nice pictures of leaves 
the difference between the two. So I'll put a link on our Facebook and Twitter, which we have, by the way, follow us. And uh, you can take a look at that card and hopefully help identify or make sure your agronomist knows how to identify these noxious weeds. What's that Twitter handle, Matt? Uh, it is at Tilth Talk Radio. And on Facebook, you can search that as well, and it will fi- help you find our Facebook page. Now, the last one I had for today is giant ragweed. So this one is not nearly the super weed that these other two are. It doesn't grow a foot in a couple days or anything like that, but it is um, generally pretty hard to kill with herbicide. So it germinates in the spring. Warmer climates, you might see it as early as February or March. Um, around here, it'd probably be April, May, we'd start to see it. And it can go into July in some cases, mostly through through the end of June into early July is probably when you'll stop seeing it. So at least it doesn't germinate quite as far into the summer as water hemp and palmer either. Um, but it could emerge from six inches deep. That's so, crazy. So tillage is not necessarily the... Uh, the best answer we'll for work, we'll work for to this. seed up for it and get some more germinated by working that six inches. Yeah, it actually respond. That's one of the things that makes it respond is you do tillage and all of a sudden boom, it'll start popping up. It's a conventional tillage weed where yep. generally we don't see this as much in no till situations. We've got it buried. The part that right? gets me with that's how with, it works with giant ragweed is just the size you know that you can see it up over a corn field. Oh, I yeah. think that's what it really seemed yeah. to. Uh, just make it more of an eyesore because we because you can see it so much it grows so tall when it can reach seventeen feet tall. I mean that's yeah, that's, that's an amazing tall plant. tall plant. We just said how much water hemp grows, but that seems to grow a little bit more um, out to the side, and it grows tall, but not not taller. Than, I think like ten feet, feet is probably the the tallest you'd yeah. see for water hemp. And water hemp seems to get to its maximum height like quickly, where then, where giant ragweed it just keeps, keeps going. going. Yeah. yeah. Takes a long time to get seventeen feet. The old the old Missouri tomato just doesn't give up. Yeah, can we uh, can we plant that and use it as a forage? I mean, here you go. It gets be as tall as your silage. That old that that old um, old growth uh, giant ragweed gets pretty woody. Like, oh, it's like oh, yeah. a sunflower no, stock. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's tough stuff, and it has developed this neat, I guess neat. It's the neatest way of. Uh, Avoiding dying by actually closing off its own, its own leaves and parts. Like you can spray it, and it will just cut off what where the spray contacted, protect the stem, and stay alive. So you might knock all the leaves off it, but the plant is not dead because it won't let that herbicide get into the stalk and down into the roots. It, it is pretty amazing. It's like yeah. if you that's natural the, selection. The, at the tourniquet its or the yeah. yeah, like if you damage your arm and you're just gonna cut it off. Yeah. And move on. That's what that's what lizard tails. Yeah, giant ragweed is done, which is pretty. It it is neat. I think that it's done. That it's not good. If we yeah, it's not great for us. If no. we could figure out how to make this thing a forage, man, holy Ooh. buckets! <laughs> oh my god! Do some feeding trials on it. Which would you pick out of these three, though? I'd pick water hemp out of the three. to feed. No, not not because it's good. I've seen steers eat water hemp. If you so. could, if you could pick one to sort of genetically modify into, like just because it grows so fast, it would be an awesome like crop if it weren't 
so much of a shitty seed producer. Uh, basically, I think things that it does. I think if we started trying to grow this, we'd actually never be able to kill it. I think yeah, now we can never still be able kill to stop. it. Yeah. yeah, but if we tried yeah. to grow this, oh, it'd be unstoppable. The the genetic advancements in our crops are pretty amazing, but the advancements in weeds and how much how they've kept Mother, up is pretty amazing. Mother too. Nature. She oh, stays yeah. ahead. She stays winning. <laughs> well, we usually end up copying her yes. <laughs> yeah. on a lot of this stuff. So uh, at least we've got some ideas now. But yeah, no other. So these are some three tough weeds that um, require scouting and a little bit more than your average chemical program. So next week we'll talk a little bit more, I think, about the herbicide programs that you can use for this. Um, but we want to touch base on identifying and, and when to be looking for these these noxious weeds. So I think we'll wrap that up and go into our spotlight. So Todd, you found this article about a steering wheel, no steering wheel combine. No steering wheel, yep. So the uh, Agcofent Ideal Combine without a steering wheel. So they just released it, introduced it, I guess, at the Commodity Classic. Um, and it's instead of a steering wheel, it bases, basically uses a joystick system um, to give you a clear view of the header and everything in front of you. So just a really neat, um, I don't know. What do you think, Max? Uh, it'll, oh, it'll be like driving Is a skid steer. Yeah, yeah, right? That's true. We've taken the The picture looks exactly so. like It looks a like a skid steer or cab, yeah. I worry yeah. about that style. Um, I, you'll be able to turn on a dime, which will be nice. Yeah, um, but I worry if it's really muddy or something like that that you're not going to dig yourself a hole. Um, but you know, it'd just be different to use with with the joystick. And I feel like it would. I mean, it says that it's supposed to reduce operator fatigue. Don't know how much that'll. I don't know. Grabbing a steering wheel doesn't. I, but my question would um, be: Can you set a cruise control on it? Can you push the push the sticks forward and they'll. Yeah, how do you set the no, auto, I think, auto steer um, yeah, I, with I no steering wheel? I think that way. This is just steering it, so I don't think it has anything to do with going forward or anything like that. It's just well, I'm joystick. saying like the the fatigue, you still have to push those sticks forward, right? No, I don't think you do. I think it's just it uh, just steers, just steers with like a button. It. No, just left and right steers it. So I your, think your throttle would. I think control it's the your throttle is still probably, the same. Yeah, yeah. So a skid steer, you have to push the sticks forward for your speed on this. You would throttle up, and your speed would be controlled, and you would your joysticks would just do your turning. Yeah, this is a quote from their product specialist. The joysticks turns a headland, 180 degree turn into light work. Compare that with spinning a steering wheel four to five times. Joystick steering will definitely reduce operator fatigue. You know what? We should just get one and <laughs> test drive it. I, and answer all these questions. I think we should so just sit and just million. spin a steering wheel to get so, your so arms already. But I don't know that cool. that's that. Glance much through the article here. It's, the right hand joystick is the only one that. So one is speed. Yeah. The other is it's steer. must be steering. So and yeah. it must not be a full stick. It's just the top. That yeah. yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. It's okay. I get you. I get you now. It's yeah. not like a skid steer in the sense no. that it's a full right. Like, right. post. It's just the stick. It's not like a hydro. Gotcha. Right. Although I have guys had I've had guys tell me that since getting auto steer I, versus steering a tractor when planting or whatever they are less tired at the end. But of the I feel day. like that's not because of the 180 degree turns at no. the end. It's because of keeping you straight. Yeah. The, so this the, would I would think would be easier just because you can there, just I mean, keep your arms on your hand rests and just. There's kinda, still going to be auto steer on this. Right. 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 I mean, it's just not theoretically. Like, yeah. Right. 
This is basically instead of whipping your hand around the wheel to get it to turn, you just move turn your, your move your wrist fifteen degrees. The either cool way. part with the joystick too is you can add buttons. Right. So I mean, steering Bam. wheels you don't really have a lot of buttons, but joystick then you can chuck on because that's what cool I think when I get in a combine now to ride with guys is we need more I, buttons in yeah, here. Oh, yeah, exactly. More buttons and levers, please. It look like an airplane pretty soon. All these dials, gauges, switches. I, I'm getting pretty good at it now. But I remember the first couple of times I was told to just go jump in somebody's tractor to pull data off the monitors and being like, what do all these buttons mean? Yeah. This is not like the 75 Alice. This is different. It's, yeah. But the release date for it is this May. So oh, you'll be able to it'll be an order. Already, yeah. It just says order it. Oh, so okay. I, that's different, I guess. Yeah. So May 2020, farmers will be able to start ordering these. So sure. Fence, new combine. Delivery in 2021, it says. Yeah, so you won't be combining until next year. Yeah, I don't got any pictures of the outside, but I bet you... Well, we, we haven't even gotten... We haven't even heard final results from Fence Combine that came out this year. That was the, awesome. That was I mean, like looked, the, it looked like the Batmobile. Yeah, that was pretty sweet looking. I haven't heard... Did and you hear you, anything? Now you throw no. joysticks in the Batmobile, Max? Is that... <laughs> This is where's the eject button? Yeah, is the buddy seat coming? The eject, the ejecto seato. <laughs> so, all right. Well, that there's looks, no, there's no room for a buddy seat because of the sticks now. Because of the sticks, yeah. Well, yeah, that looks you just, awesome. Yeah, teach your kid instead of playing video games next to you and playing with his iPad, and he can grab that one joystick on that side. Can you, you imagine? Oh. You go crazy. Can you imagine if one person held one stick and the other person <laughs> held the other? <laughs> That'd be terrible. And it actually was like independent sides of the tractor drove on that stick you know like, oh, like right it, now like, it's all on one yeah, where it was split yeah. it so each each stick has its own half of the tractor or combine can you imagine trying to do that with somebody <laughs> oh no all right well that looks cool look forward to seeing some out in the field in 2021 so now let's move into our ag history minute listen to the banjo music all right, today we're going to talk about M. Hoke Smith. We brought him up last week and uh, one other time in the podcast. Yeah, remember by we, accident? We mentioned, we, yeah, yeah. mentioned some of the work he did. So he was U.S. Senator from Georgia from 1911 to 1920. He was Secretary of the Interior from 1893 to 1896. And Governor of Georgia from 1907 to 1909 and then again in 1911. Took a year off, huh? Those are weird years, Matt. Yeah, yeah gap, gap year. year. You're a senator for six years, and that's Yeah, nine. so he was appointed to finish out someone else's term. Got it. Right after he got elected for governor the second time. Oh, that's the 19... Yeah. Why so wouldn't you stay being governor? Isn't governor better than senator? I, I don't know. I guess it depends on your more, viewpoint. More he, pressure being he, the governor. He was hooking up with Lever and Hughes to do these yeah. acts. You can't do that as governor, I guess. So he finished out one term, was reelected to a second term, and then lost a third term. Um, and, but while he was in office as a senator, he did the Smith-Lever Act, which helped establish the extension service, and the Smith-Hughes Act, which we talked about last week, was, which was for vocational education or agriculture education. Um, so, yeah, as a senator, Hoke Smith co-authored both of those particular pieces of legislature that were of great help over time to agriculture. So pretty neat guy. So, Todd, let's talk about TILF and NAICC. What do we got going yeah, on? Yeah, please subscribe to our podcast. So hit the subscribe button on the podcast. It helps for our numbers. So please do that. Hit subscribe. We want to know you're you, listening. Yeah, rate us if you'd like. 
Um, if you like what you're hearing and you want an independent crop consultant, go to NAICC.org, which is the National Alliance of Independent Crop Consultants, and there you can find a crop consultant in your area. If you are in Wisconsin, please look up tilthag.com and find your tilth agronomist in your area. And yeah, so if you're checking out the Facebook or Twitter that both Tilth and Tilth Talk Radio have, feel free to leave comments there as well. Um, we're always looking for feedback on what you like and maybe even what you don't like. Topics. Topics, yeah. If you have topic ideas, too, that'd be questions, a great place to put them. We will take questions, questions yeah. and answer I, them. We, I, would love, I would love to have a mailbag session. Oh, that, that should come, yeah. But we need our faithful to help us out. Yeah. Can't have a mailbag without mail. You're yes. right. Yeah. So, so there you go. Please subscribe and check us out on Facebook and Twitter. All right, now let's do the cool beans, and that's corny for today. So cool beans. Cool beans. Cool beans. Cool beans. All right. Uh, Valent is launching a new herbicide called Perpetuo, and it is a residual herbicide. Max, Max, what do you think of the name? It's Perpetuo Bliss. (laughs) There you go. Bam! Perpetuo is a cool name, I feel like. I'm surprised it's not taken, actually. Like, yeah. It's no, spelled, it, like, different, though. P-E-R-P-E-T-U-O. Perpetuo. It'll stay in the soil and kill weeds for longer. It'll be perpetually killing. helpful, yeah. 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 I like it. I'm a big fan. It is a pre-mix of resource and zidua, the way it looks. So it's a... Yeah, it was... A mixture of those two chemical active ingredients. So it's a group 15 herbicide. So its active ingredient is pyroxysulfone and mixed with a group 14 herbicide, which would be the resource, the flumachloric active ingredient. Good work on that, Matt. How many times did you practice in the mirror this morning? (laughs) As many as it took. Those, Those names are quite difficult sometimes. So yeah, both corn and soybeans will have options there, so you can do burn down and residual with it. And according to the article, it's will be just in time for the twenty twenty growing season, so there will be some availability for this year. It'll be interesting to see some results from that. It is interesting all the different stuff we're mixing with residual now. Residual is like the new go to. Yeah, it's becoming the more. You know, just throwing like the base valor with that is fierce, and you got yep. you know there's just Zidua Pro and all the other different ones we're chucking with Zidua now. So, all right, and that's corny for this week. Is the owner of Shuttered Dairy pled guilty to fraud? So it was the largest Ponzi scheme in Pennsylvania. Uh, this farm took sixty million dollars, nearly sixty million dollars. In a Ponzi scheme with from investors, so hmm. why are all the Ponzi schemes got like shuttered dairy and because um, they got shuttered down? Yeah, shuttered down, yeah. shuttered up yeah, now. Do. Wow, that's sixty uh, millions is a lot of that's yeah, that's a big. You could run like three acres on sixty yeah. million dollars <laughs> or lose. Yeah, so or lose or lose. So yeah, you was doing the old. Find new investors, use their money to pay off old investors, and just keep going until somebody figured it out. Was uh, Bernie made that's off what a part Ponzi of it? Scheme is? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Oh well, in that case, <laughs> yeah, made off acres. Yep. That's just blows it. me away that people think that eventually 
they're not, you know, eventually you're going to get caught, right? If you do it long enough. What's the end game in that? Day? Eventually, right. are they going to land a big enough fish to pay off all their debts and but that's live? How well, do you pay off all your debts when you're just paying more debt? Yeah, that's right. what I'm saying. It does like, more, yeah. Like that's why it you're just going to do that till you're dead and right, and right. Live so, your best life while you got it, while, and while you're just. So you're, if you're an initial investor, you might not be quite as bad off as some of the last guys to come into this, but. Yeah, no, it's not a great situation for anybody. For just three easy payments of twenty nine ninety nine, you could own a dairy farm in Pennsylvania. Yep. It's too bad, too, that you this... You can unshutter shuttered dairy. This one, it says it preyed on many Amish and Mennonite investors as well. So Yeah, so big Amish know, country, so yeah. yeah. Was, I When you think about it, that would make sense because they... With with you know not having the internet or well then they're old school and well they're not going to be able they're not going to be able to research you know if you came up to me and wanted me to be an investor I would research your company your background I would try and find something on you well the Amish community probably isn't going to be able to research who you are where you came from the name of this company the banks the all that kind of stuff they'll be more trusting and that too no I mean you you figure it's a neighbor you're. You're helping them out and yep. hopefully getting some something back in return, and you know that's the way their community kind of works. Neighbors helping neighbors, so you're really preying on a group that you know is maybe easy pickings, but you know they have trust, and you violate that trust to and the tune hard. of sixty million. Because this was they were selling ice cream, butter, you know, yogurt, cheese. So yeah, there was a storefront attached. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so it's tricky too when when it looked like a legitimate business was going on and behind the scenes it wasn't so yeah it's really unfortunate and a hard time for farmers there's a guy going around yeah then doing that stealing money stealing money from his neighbors more than the stealing more money than the average uh, money stealer yeah 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 that is corny so all right corny as heck there's our very corny our cool beans that's corny for the week and finally we'll move into you applied what what did you do and so i after last week, I decided to go a little easier on you this this week, guys. Should be, I think, pretty easy. It's a little little bit of a trick thrown in there, but so products we've got this week that you have to f- figure out which one doesn't belong is Fierce, Zidua, Valor, and Anthem. Bill? I think I know what it is, but I, this is like... What is he really asking? So yeah, what, yeah. so it's so fierce. I'll, I'll, give, I'll give you what I'm asking, and it's so three of these have the same primary active ingredient. Yes, one does not. The one is mixed with one. Of the that, other ones. See, that was the that, that was the, the kicker. That was yep. the kicker. So, so for me, fierce Zidjo and Anthem all have Zidjo in it. Yeah, but I believe it's Ooh, fierce. Fierce is also Zidjo, has fierce is Zidjo mixed with Valor. Correct. So right. So Fierce, Zidu, and Anthem all have pyroxysulfone <laughs> as their so main ingredient. Valor's the oddball. And Valor's yeah. the oddball. Okay. Yep. okay. Yep. Valor's so that's the why it was a little tricky because one is incorporated into the other. Yes. Yeah. So I started out really confident on that one. And then about halfway through that discussion, I was like, wait a second, what? <laughs> and then towards the end, I was like, nope, okay, I got it again. I picked it back up. Fierce, Fierce has Valor in it, but Valor is not in. I feel like if you make Zidua's a pre-mix of yeah. like. If you mix more than one herbicides, you have to like use those names, right? Because then we just come up with a new name, right? For the premix of 
four things, and it's like yeah. The, it's the, the nice thing is with atrazine, at least most of them are it's something ATZ, so yeah. you know it's with yeah, atrazine. Or, or light or light. Or at, yeah. Yeah, or I actually, light. Yeah. I actually like that we come up with different names because I think to me, to me, it's confusing when you have. And I'll just use say say I don't know all the formulations of Zidua, but say you have oh, yeah. Zidua Pro, Zidua Plus, Zidua well, Magnum, Zidua X, Zidua Z. It's like which is which, and the and you say, yeah. well, which one did you put on? Well, Zidua. Yeah, I use which one? Yeah, I don't know. I, one of them. Authority. 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 Yeah, yeah. 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 I, saying, I use authority. They do that, but they actually make it easier because authority first. You know, it's first rate. So uh, it, right, they yeah. but elite. The, that's right, not, that, that's, that's a little dual. Yep. Just do, yeah. yeah. That does screw you up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. It's like um, couples names. They should do that. Like, like uh, Brangelina. Yes. And, yeah. Like that's what they should have to do. <laughs> Even though they're not together anymore. <laughs> what happens when they take them apart? Yeah. <laughs> they suffered. They settled out, and so the, what, and then you had yes. the two yes. I wish, components. I wish again. the listeners could have seen my face as Todd presented that idea. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I looked away at. I, looked now, I thought this was a very good example of why we do this segment. Is it can be very confusing. Yes. So always read the label and know what you're applying. So, Triple check the double check. That's right. So that's it for today. Thanks, thanks, guys. Thanks yeah, for having yeah. us, Matt. Yeah, Matt, it was fun. So we talked about water hemp, Palmer amaranth, and giant ragweed, and when they're mostly an issue in our crops. For Spotlight. We looked at the new Fent steering wheel list combine. Ag History Minute, we talked about M. Hoke Smith, a senator from Georgia back in 1911. We talked about Valence launching Perpetuo, a new herbicide, and the biggest Ponzi scheme in Pennsylvania, shuttered dairy owner pleading guilty to fraud. You applied what? We just did, so I don't think I need to recap that one too badly. So thanks for listening. Remember to subscribe, and as always, happy farming.